1: Today on Ring of Truth with Pastor Dan Sexton.
2: Just do it. Just bow down. The the king's not asking you to forsake your God and your beliefs. He's just asking you to bow down once for one song. Why is this a problem for you? No one else has a problem with it. None of the other Hebrew believers that are here have a problem with it. They don't see it as a conflict with their faith. It's just you three that think this is in conflict with what you believe.
1: This may be the first time in our nation's history where Christians have been called to stand up for God over the norms of our culture. In the name of inclusivity, political correctness, open-mindedness, loyalty, and patriotism, people are forgetting who their true God is. In today's message, Pastor Dan encourages us to remember what we believe and who we stand for. As time marches on, it won't be easy, and being a Christian may even come with a cost. But isn't eternity with God worth it? Now here's Pastor Dan in the book of Daniel chapter 3 for today's edition of Ring of Truth.
2: God says, I am the Lord your God, who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of bondage. You shall have no other gods before me. That's the first commandment. Literally, you shall have no other gods in my sight. I don't want to see any other gods in your life. You shall have no other gods before me. You shall not make for yourself a carved image, any likeness of anything that is in heaven above, or that is in the earth beneath, or that is in the water under the earth. This is, a, this is an image. This is an idol You shall not bow down to them, nor serve them. For I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God. So participating in this ceremony will violate the word of God. It's going to violate the commandments of God. Now, we we have to try to appreciate the tremendous pressure that these three young men, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, that they were under at this time. First of all, there was... Pressure that came from the authority, from the government. King Nebuchadnezzar gave this command. It wasn't just anybody that made this command. It was Nebuchadnezzar the king. In fact, six times in the first seven verses, it says, Nebuchadnezzar the king. Just kind of emphasizing the absolute authority and power of King Nebuchadnezzar and violating this command will result in being cast into the fiery furnace. And Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they're about to disobey an order from the government, and they're inviting the punishment of the government. They're inviting the full force of the government upon them. So there's that pressure. That's a a real concern. I've talked about this before, but there there are several churches in California right now Uh, that the local governments are applying tremendous pressure on them. There's several churches in California that have been fined hundreds of thousands of dollars, and in a few cases, millions of dollars, for doing what we're doing right now. Just gathering to worship. I've mentioned before, there's one church in particular that has been fined almost $2 million. Every, Every time they meet, they get another fine the pastor personally has been fined $50,000. There's another church in California that not only has the church and the pastor been fined, but all the members of the congregation have been named in the lawsuit. And the court has told them, if you show up, you're going to be fined as well. You probably know there's a pastor in Canada that was arrested recently for just having church. For not forsaking the assembling together with believers, and he's in jail without bail. They're not going to let him out of jail until his court date. He's got to stay in jail till May. He's just doing what we're doing here, just meeting together. So there's, there's just there's tremendous pressure put on these churches by by the authority, by the government. You know, there's pressure from authority to try to dissuade them. From meeting together. And here for Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. They know if we disobey this. We we are inviting the wrath of Nebuchadnezzar against us. So there's the pressure that comes from the government. The authority. There's also the pressure of conformity. The pressure of conformity. Look at verse 7. So at at that time. Notice, when all the people heard the sound of the horn, the flute, the harp, and the lyre, and symphony with all kinds of music, look what it says. All the people, nations, and languages fell down and worshipped the gold image which King Nebuchadnezzar had set up. When the orchestra started, all the people fell down and worshipped the gold image except Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. They're the the only three. All the other government employees, they, they went along with the order. Only these three refused to participate. So three out of 300,000. And in a situation like that, there is tremendous pressure to conform. You, you know, it, it's, it's difficult to be the only person who refuses to bow down. Especially today, especially in the culture that we live in today, in Romans chapter twelve, verse two, tells us to not be conformed to this world. The world is always applying pressure and pressing against us to try to get us to conform. In a situation like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were in, uh, you, you might you might easily convince yourself well, it's just easier to go along with it. It's just easier to bow down. Even though you totally disagree with it, it's just easier to keep your mouth shut, not say anything, and just bow down and move on. If you just bow down like everyone else, you don't make any trouble for yourself. You're not going to jeopardize your career. It's easier, it's safer. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego could have just bowed down and avoided all of this trouble, kept their jobs and their comfortable lives and all all the things that they were enjoying. They could have done that. Maybe even some co-workers were encouraging them to just bow down and saying, what's the big deal? Just do it. Just bow down. The, The king's not asking you to forsake your God and your beliefs. He's just asking you to bow down once for one song Why is this a problem for you? No one else has a problem with it. None of the other Hebrew believers that are here have a problem with it. They don't see it as a conflict with their faith. It's just you three that think this is in conflict with what you believe. Again, if you you stand up for Christ, you'll probably stand alone. You may be the only one at your school who takes a stand for Christ, You're maybe the only one in your company that takes a stand for Christ. And so there's this, this pressure from the government authority, there's pressure to conform like everyone else. Verse 8 says, Therefore, at the time, at that time, certain Chaldeans came forward and accused the Jews. And they spoke and said to King Nebuchadnezzar, O king, live forever. You, O king, have made a decree that everyone who hears the sound of the horn, the flute, harp, lyre, and psaltery, and symphony with all kinds of music shall fall down and worship the gold image. And whoever does not fall down and worship shall be cast into the midst of a burning, fiery furnace. But there are certain Jews whom you have set over the affairs of the province of Babylon, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, these men, O king, have not paid due regard to you. They do not serve your gods or worship the gold image which you have set up. So there were some other government officials that were at this dedication who saw that Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego did not bow down and they brought this accusation to the king. Now, just the fact that these Chaldeans, as they're called here, Just the fact that they noticed that these three did not bow down tells us they were watching to see if they would bow down. And they they didn't have their noses planted in the dirt. They're watching out of the corner of their eye. It's kind of like when you have, you know, small children and you pray together. And then one of the kids says, Johnny had his eyes open during the prayer. Well, how did you know Johnny had his eyes open during the prayer unless you had your eyes open during the prayer? Well, how do they know these three weren't bowed down unless they're watching? And we know these these Chaldeans were, were envious of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego because they had been set over the affairs of Babylon by the king. That's back in chapter 2. They were given these high positions within the government that they thought they deserved, not these... These Jews, these outsiders, there's a hint of anti-Semitism in the way that they say this to the king. And they also knew that these three men were men of conviction. Who would never violate the commands of their God and bow down to worship a gold image. They knew that about them. And so they watched them during the ceremony so they could accuse them before the king. It reminds me of what the Pharisees and scribes did with Jesus. In Luke chapter 6, there's this story of one day when Jesus goes into the synagogue on a Sabbath day. And in the synagogue, there's a man that shows up with a withered hand. And we're told that the scribes and Pharisees, they watched Jesus closely to see if he would heal the man on the Sabbath day. Because according to their man-made rules, you weren't allowed to heal someone on the Sabbath day.
1: We'll return to today's edition of Ring of Truth with Pastor Dan Sexton in a moment. But first, Pastor Dan would like to extend a special invitation to our listeners.
2: If you've enjoyed the messages on Ring of Truth, I'd like to personally invite you to join us this Sunday at Calvary Chapel. We're located in Columbia, Maryland, just five minutes from Routes 29, 95, and 100. I'd love for you to come be part of our time of worship and Bible study this weekend at 9 or 11 a.m., I always enjoy meeting listeners of Ring of Truth, so please be sure to introduce yourself to me after church. To find out more information and to get directions, visit our website at calvaryec.com.
1: Thanks, Pastor Dan. That website, again, is calvaryec.com. We look forward to seeing you. Now, back to today's message.
2: They knew Jesus. They knew that Jesus would heal this guy when he sees him. And so they're not paying attention to the church service going on. They've got their eyes on Jesus and they're watching him to see what he does because they know he's going to heal this guy. Then we can bring accusations against him for breaking our Sabbath day rules. And, And here, the Chaldeans, they watch Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego closely during the dedication, knowing the kind of men they are, knowing the convictions they have about their God and about their beliefs, and knowing that they would never bow down because of their commitment to Yahweh. And listen, people at work, people at school who know you're a Christian, they're watching. They're watching you to see how you will respond to things that contradict your faith. They're, They're watching you to see if you'll take a stand for Christ. Or if you'll be silent bow down and go along with it. You know for Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego. If they would have bowed down with everyone else. Just to avoid the trouble. Just to keep themselves out of trouble. You know that the Chaldeans would have gone to them afterward. And said I thought you were a believer. I didn't think you believed that. I was surprised to see you bowing down. To a gold image. I didn't think you guys believed that kind of thing. The same is true for us. People are watching you. They're watching me. They want to see. Are you going to take a stand? Are you going to go along with this? And if you go along with it. They're going to view you as a hypocrite. and call you out for your hypocrisy. So look at verse 12 again. Notice the accusation they made against Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Verse 12. They say, there are certain Jews whom you have set over the affairs of the province of Babylon, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. These men, O king, they have not paid due regard to you. They do not serve your gods or worship the gold image which you have set up. They tell Nebuchadnezzar, hey, these three guys that you put in charge of the affairs of Babylon, they have no regard for you. And, and they don't serve your gods and they don't obey you. You've you got three guys in charge, Nebuchadnezzar, that are undermining your authority, that don't agree with you. They're not on board with the program. They're not on board with it. You've got, you've got three bad apples, Nebuchadnezzar, that you need to deal with. So verse 13, the Nebuchadnezzar, in rage and fury, gave the command to bring Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. So they brought these men before the king. Nebuchadnezzar spoke, saying to them, Is it true, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, that you do not serve my gods or worship the gold image which I have set up? This is the program. Is it true that you're you're not on board with the program? That you're not playing along? Like everybody else? Verse 15, now if you are ready, at the time you hear the sound of the horn, flute, harp, lyre, and psaltery, and symphony with all kinds of music, and you fall down and worship the image which I have made, well then, good. But if you do not worship, you shall be cast immediately into the midst of a burning, fiery furnace. And who is the God who will deliver you from my hands? He knows that they're doing this out of their conviction. Because of their belief in their God, Yahweh. And so now we see that Shadrach, Meshach, and and, and Abednego, they face intimidation and coercion here. All you have to do is bow down. And all of this will go away. And you can keep your jobs. And more importantly, you can keep your life. And I think as we go through this passage We need to ask ourselves some tough questions. You need to ask yourself what would I do in that situation? What would I endure for the sake of Jesus Christ? Am I willing to stand up for God and for His Word in this culture and live with the consequences, even though I may lose my career, or lose my friends, or lose my reputation? Will I stand up for Christ and stand up for the truth? Or will I cave under the pressure? Because that's easier. In Acts chapter 20, the Apostle Paul is on his way up to Jerusalem. And as he's making the journey up to Jerusalem, he's stopping at some churches and visiting believers that he knows. He stops and meets with the elders of the church in Ephesus. And and everybody knows that if Paul goes up to Jerusalem, he's likely to be arrested and imprisoned and possibly even killed. And they're they're warning him and they're begging him not not to go. There's even a prophet in Acts chapter 20 who gives a prophecy about Paul being arrested and bound in, in Jerusalem. So everybody's warning Paul and begging him, don't go, don't go, don't go to Jerusalem. And then in Acts chapter 20, verse 24, Paul finally says, none of these things move me. Nor do I count my life dear to myself. And he goes on, but Paul says these these threats against me, they they don't move me because I don't count my life dear to myself. So what if they kill me? Elsewhere, Paul says, For me to live is Christ and to die is gain. So if they kill me at Jerusalem, it's gain. I go to be with the Lord. And again, we have to ask ourselves, do I count my life dear to myself? Do I count my job dear to myself? Do I count my comfort, my security dear to myself? Do I count my reputation dear to myself? Do I count my plans dear to myself to the point that I'm not willing to put those things at risk for the sake of God or his word? It's challenging to consider. Remember, Jesus said, whoever tries to keep his life will lose it. But whoever is willing to lose his life for my sake will find it. Am I trying to keep my life? Or am I willing to lose my life for Christ? Now look at at their answer in verse 16. Nebuchadnezzar says basically, I'll give you one more chance. I'm going to have the symphony play the tune one more time. And if you bow down, you're free to go. If you don't, I'm going to cast you in the fiery furnace. So here's one more chance. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, verse 16, answered and said to the king, O Nebuchadnezzar, we have no need to answer you in this matter. In other words, hey, we don't need to reconsider our answer. Our answer isn't going to change. And so verse 17. Verse 17 is one of the most... Uh, profound statements of faith in God in all of the Bible. Look at what they say. If that is the case, our God whom we serve is able to deliver us from the burning fiery furnace, and he will deliver us from your hand, O king. But if not, let it be known to you, O king, that we do not serve your gods, nor will we worship the gold image which you have set up. I want you to notice a few things about their answer here. First of all, they are respectful to the king. But they're firm. They're very clear. But they're very respectful. You know, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they're respectful in the way that they're answering the the king here. If we disobey an order, whether that's from the government or an employer or from school, we should be respectful but firm in our answer. To them, Being respectful is kind of out of style in our culture, isn't it? Especially when you are disagreeing with someone. (laughs) Notice also that they say, our God is able to deliver us. Nebuchadnezzar asked the question, who is the God that will deliver you from my hands? And the answer is, our God is able to deliver us. And he can deliver us if he chooses. They say, but if he doesn't, we're still not going to serve your gods. Or worship your gold image. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they place their future and their lives in the hand of God. And they say, whatever God wills for us, we're trusting him. We're not going to worship that image, whether he delivers us or not. We're not going to worship that image and violate God's word and God's command. And he's able to deliver us. And if he wants to deliver us, he will deliver us. But if he doesn't deliver us, that's fine too. This is the same attitude that Jesus had in Gethsemane, right? As he prayed, "Father, if it's your will, take this cup from me; nevertheless, not my will be done, but your will." He asked me how I know. And I say, truer than the finest crystal.
1: You've been listening to Ring of Truth with Pastor Dan Sexton. Pastor Dan has been teaching through the book of Daniel. Regardless of the various leaders that Daniel finds himself under, it's obvious through Daniel's accounts that God is higher and greater than any earthly king. He alone holds the dominion and power that others so often strive to attain. Daniel never lost sight of this, and it was only confirmed time and time again as God came through in unlikely situations. If today's message has struck a chord with you, we'd like to talk with you please give us a call at 410-491-4592. That number again is 410-491-4592. You can also send us an email through our website, calvaryec.com. If you're not connected yet with the local church, we highly encourage you to find a church home that will help guide and support you in your growing faith. If you're ever in the Columbia, Maryland area, we'd love to have you join us at Calvary Chapel, Ellicott City. Each week, we gather together for a time of worship and Bible study, and we'd love to meet you. Visit our website at calvaryec.com to find directions and service times. Thanks so much for joining us today. Pastor Dan will have more to share from the book of Daniel next time, right here on Ring of Truth.
2: Recognize her